Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast, where we are excited about everything but WWE. Here to discuss the world of wrestling right now is my tag team partner, the Rogue of Wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman, and I am, of course, your New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. And, uh, at least as of now, your champion, but that'll soon change. I mean, hey, I've been able to at least defend the belt, right? That's that's true. You did get uh, one successful defense. So let's see if you can repeat Better history. than Sasha Banks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Better than Sasha Banks. I mean, she's not even around anymore. Oh yeah, she definitely gave up. She was like, "No, I'm done." So do you think? Do you think she's eventually gonna come back, or do you think she's gonna like head to AEW or something? I think she's gonna come back. Yeah, I feel like, like as as much as I think she's a good wrestler, I don't think she would do well in AEW. I I think she would do okay, mostly because um, they just they just haven't signed like a really huge woman's name yet. You know, so I, mm. I think that she can kind of fill that void a little bit. But like, yeah. if if there was another really prominent name, then I don't think it would matter as much. But I I do agree. I think she's coming back to WWE soon. At least rumors are saying that apparently she's been like talking with Vince or whatever. Maybe she's gonna be coming back soon. I wonder if part of the reason she's coming back soon is because they saw her give the title to Bailey. <laughs> yeah, maybe she was jealous. I have a shot. She's like, what the fuck. I left because I was mad because of this, and then you just give her the title. When, like, apparently Becky was, uh, Bailey was throwing the same uh, temper tantrum as uh, Sasha was. Although apparently that's, I've also heard some conflicting things. Maybe that's not true. I don't know. Yeah, but it does I, seem I love odd hearing, timing as uh, far as Sasha leaving, right? <laughs> was that? I was saying it does seem just strange as far as like Sasha's leaving, though. Yeah, timing. Um. I was going to say, I love how people are now going, like, I can't wait for this person's Ambrose interview. Mm. Like, they're now using that as, like, an adjective. Like, they're like, I can't wait for Dolph's Ambrose interview. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be another, I'd love to hear Sasha, like, talk about that situation. Yeah, that would be interesting to see, like, yeah, her perspective on it and get, like, the real truth of what happened there. Because, like, whenever you hear people talk with inside the WWE bubble, it's just, it's almost just nonsense. Like you can you can feel the corporate ooze just like leaking off of their words sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you because know, like they'll never say things bad about the company, all sorts of shit like that. And and they just they speak so vaguely. They're always just like very vaguely optimistic and excited about things, but never actually saying anything of substance. It's always like, oh yeah, we're very excited to like do this opportunity and entertain these people and do this thing for like, it's just shit like that. 
mm-hmm. you know, because it's like whenever it's like people try to ask them like what should be maybe a substantive question of like, oh, you know, who's a, an opponent that you would really look forward to fighting? And then you could really maybe get into like an in-depth character reason of like, oh, this is a person my character would like to fight. But no, it's usually just stuff of like, oh, well, you know, just like whoever I would like to, you know, get to just I'd work. I'd love to work programs with all sorts of people and you know, whatever the WWE universe wants. Just shit like that. It's so... Ugh. I hate it. I hate... Like, I'm getting so fed up with WWE. The, like, New Japan, especially... God damn it. This fucking best of the Super Junior Tournament was amazing. This last, like, month or two. As far as, like, regular yeah, programming uh... to come and sit and watch instead of Raw. Where, like, alright, if I'm gonna watch, like, a two or three hour thing. Like, almost two or three hours of that is gonna be wrestling. Instead of, like, two or three hours of a show, and not even an hour of it is wrestling. Will Ospreay won it, right? He did. In a fucking fantastic finale against Shingo Takagi. Mm. Like, all right. He was the other name I heard of, like, that really rose to prominence d- during that. Yeah, and actually, so, to, to get back before I get into that, another person who um, really, I thought, shined uh, in this tournament was Robbie Eagles. Uh, in the book huh. club, they, they're starting to tell a little bit of this story where it seems like he's kind of like gotten himself in with the wrong crowd. Where, like, he's it seems like he's with Bullet Club maybe because, like, he just kind of chose that initially and now he's maybe regretting it, or maybe he was sort of pressured into being in Bullet Club. And he has this sort of conflicting motivation of actually wanting to be like a legitimate wrestler and an actual contender, not wanting to cheat. Because there was, um, couple different spots like in the tournament where so like for example he had a match against el phantasmo so two bullet club guys going up against each other mm-hmm. and you know robbie was kind of trying to be like all right well like we're in the same faction we're friends let's just have a legitimate match and then of course el phantasmo fucks him over and steals the win <laughs> but then also at a later point in the tournament el phantasmo came out and helped robbie eagles get a win over somebody illegitimately uh, okay. I'm trying to remember. I think it was uh, Rocky Romero, but that maybe it, maybe it was Osprey. I think it was Osprey actually. Um, I might I might be wrong, but anyway, he helped him get a win illegitimately, and Robbie Eagles was like pissed at him for it. You know, it's like you shouldn't have fucking done that. I didn't need you. And then you know, Elfant was like, "Look, I did it for the club. You shouldn't be mad at me. Like this is a win for the club." So they're starting the to build this sort of character for Robbie Eagles, where it's like maybe he's gonna break out of Bullet Club eventually. And he just turned in some great matches, too. Um, but, anyway, going back to Osprey and Shingo for the finale, because they both won their respective blocks. And it was fucking killer, dude. So there was this promo right before they had their match, and Osprey is just, like, calling his shot, and he says, like, you know, call me St. George, because I'm going to slay the dragon. <laughs> and so then he comes out for the match, for the finale, and he comes out with a fucking katana, along with his, like, assassin gear. And then fucking draws the sword and holds it at Shingo's fucking neck during his entrance. Like, goddamn. And then they proceed to have a fucking insane match. Like, it's a just you have to fucking go watch it kind of match. And then, of course, that was immediately preceded by John Moxley debuting in New Japan. Yes. Holy and shit. And debuting a new finisher as well. Yep, new finisher, new character, new in-ring gear, because uh, he looks different than how he looked in AEW. 
He doesn't have Which the jeans. Sense, he's right? got um, yeah, he's got like some short biker shirt. Like he looks more like an actual wrestler wrestler. Which like I mean wrestler wrestler. I mean I guess he could have come out in jeans or something like that, but I feel like that would have been one step too western mm-hmm. for New Japan, which is a little bit more genuinely athletic. And he and Juice put on a pretty good match. Um, interesting couple things about it though, I think you'll also find very interesting. So not only did, of course, uh, John Moxley beat him and take the U.S. title, but uh, Juice, when he came out, the dreadlocks are gone. Cut his hair, real short. Oh wow! Very. So he's like looking a lot more serious. And in the after uh, after match promos, you know, John Moxley's coming out. And he was basically just like thanking New Japan for giving him the opportunity to come out and wrestle the way he wants to wrestle, and be the kind of guy that he wants to be. And he also put in definitely some uh, some edgy dirt at the end, kind of like getting on Juice, saying you know about how like look at the violence I did to him. That's kind of my message to the rest of the audience, or not the audience, the roster. And but then Juice, I think Juice might be like dancing with turning a little bit heel right now. Um, because hmm. he was pissed with this loss, and pissed to the point where then he started like going after and attacking the audience to an extent talking about how the that how at this night this was the very last piece of any piece of like cj parker that was ever in him and now he is going all the way into what he's calling juice robinson and that this transition to a new guy like he is obsessed with one and only one thing which is getting back that u.s title but making it mean like making it be a part of the only New Japan at IWGP and having it not be associated with US. Like he says, it's like when I hold this thing, this is what it means. It means IWGP. It doesn't mean US. Like I don't care about America. Fuck you guys. Basically said it's like across the Pacific, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> and I was like, huh? Well, okay. That was a little bit weird. I don't know why you had to, but okay. I get it. Like you're obsessed with New Japan. You like New Japan. It's good stuff. And you're like, fuck WWE. But, I don't know, it seemed like a little bit weird to just kind of like slightly turn on Western fans. So I don't know if he was just frustrated in the moment, or if this is a foreshadowing of a slightly darker character that maybe is going to be heel a little bit. I don't know. But it's uh, it's interesting to see the change in Juice Robinson. Yeah, I think it's a good sign for him. Yeah. Like he evolved going to New Japan, and now he's got to evolve again. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, it, oh, this is the other element I'm forgetting, which actually kind of does par- make part of it make sense. So he was frustrated at the audience too because you know apparently like everybody going into this, obviously everybody, a lot of people were predicting Juice was going to lose to Boxley, and so he comes in. That was the first thing he says in his promo was he was like basically pissed at the audience for accurately predicting that he was going to lose. And he was, like, <laughs> mad at us for not believing in him. Right? Mm-hmm. So I guess that does make it make more sense a little bit. Well, we'll see how it goes. He, yeah. he does have a match at Dominion, so he can try to get a little bit of a win back. Try and get some momentum. Who's he going against the Dominion? Uh, let's see. He's going to be in a tag match along with uh, Tanahashi and Taguchi against uh, Bullet Club guys. Jay White, Chase Owens, and Taiji Ishimori. Hmm. 
So yeah, he could like get a pin over Owens or something. I could see that. Hmm. But then again, also Tanahashi's coming off of a big loss to Jay White. So there's a lot of people who need some wins in that. So we'll see. Well, we'll get to our predictions really soon here. Was there anything actually did you was there anything you wanted to get to before we get into predictions? Uh yeah, if we just wanted to discuss the John Moxley interview. Yes. Chris Jericho, and then I listened to the um Wade Keller one. Mm-hmm. Uh you haven't had a chance to get that one yet. There's just a little more tidbits in that one. They do go over some of the Jericho interview, like clarification mm-hmm. and things like that. But uh, Wade Keller does say, he's like, I did want to get more out of him. So This really does feel like it was the next great wrestling interview since the Punk interview. But I would say it's better than the Punk interview. Because mm. John doesn't shit on WWE. He was like, look, that's how they want to do their business. That's fine. Like, they make a shit ton of money doing that. Go ahead. He was like, I just wasn't happy doing that. It's not like he sits there and goes... Like, fuck them, fuck you, which is what the Punk interview was. Well, uh, yeah, like, Punk's was definitely a lot of more fuck you than Ambrose's yeah. was. Um, but, like, I think that based on what Punk's stories were and what seems like what was going on at the company, there's a lot of elements of that company that kind of need to be told fuck you. Obviously not all of them. Um, yeah. But several of them. And But, yeah, I think that in a lot of ways, I think you're also right in that Ambrose's interview was better because... It wasn't so much of, like, fuck you to so many different points. He said fuck you to one point, very specifically. <laughs> and it's the most important point. It's Vince. Yeah. Vince is the bottom line for WWE. The buck stops there. And it, But it also, like, what I enjoyed about it, it wasn't just fuck you to Vince. It was, here's what I went through. And that, I think that's what mm-hmm. I like. That's the difference, right? It was just... This is what I went through. Mm-hmm. And he walked you through it as I th- he said he he was like, I'm gonna try to be objective here. I think he totally did. Mm-hmm. And where he's just like, Hey, this is what happened. Yeah, I mean he he told his story. He told what he thought about some things. Mm-hmm. You know? I I thought he was very fair. Yeah. And then gave some insight into AEW. Like for example, mm-hmm. he, it was big complaint was in WWE is like you have to spend like six hours doing one ten minute like pre-tape whereas aw a camera caught him after leaving the arena uh uh, from his debut Mm -hmm. he cut one promo there and then he did two follow-up promos for like being the elite and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and he goes all in the matter of like 10 minutes (laughs) yeah he cut three different promos yeah, and it's like, in, there was a good point that he made too. Like, not only does it, you know, way less of a fucking time waste, but there's something a lot more authentic to it, right? Like, it feels a lot more real when you're just kind of yeah, like catching talk- somebody real quick. And then if like, yeah, I think he mentioned there was something specific. Like, if somebody's walking in the background, then whatever, who cares? Like, but in WWE, you'd have to like reshoot it mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, they messed it up. It's like, but who, no, like, it's fine. Uh, another interview that I forgot to tell you about is mm. Goldust is on Jericho's podcast next mm. uh, he, that just dropped and they mentioned Jericho there was talking to him about a similar thing where Jericho said it was Bullet Bob Armstrong back in Smoky Mountain Wrestling mm. he was like he cut one promo he was like in front of the camera one time and he just went that's it that's the best it's gonna be don't try to reshoot it like <laughs> that's it 
and like he was like it was a good promo he's like but he's right if you try to then repeat that like it's not going to be as good mm-hmm. you you and i have experienced that like um there's been a couple times when the podcast hasn't recorded mm-hmm. and we've had to redo it and it's not as good yeah yeah it's like it's so it it's weird right because it's like it's maybe more well organized but the way that yeah. our thoughts come across is not nearly as organic it's not not yet it's not natural and organic right and and that's something that's actually really really important in wrestling like in a lot of different elements of performance but especially wrestling i think is yeah. like when you're trying to get characters over which is really like one of the most basic ingredients of wrestling right like you're trying to get people to care about characters one way or another and a lot of that comes from people being able to genuinely feel their own character it's so that then when they're acting and it's coming across then the audience just kind of buys into it like mm-hmm. to a greater extent because like if somebody is just you know you've seen it a million times and we see it every fucking week in wwe when people are sitting there in the middle of the ring trying to fucking remember their lines you can see it in their head like you can see the wheels turning where they're mm-hmm. trying to remember what to say instead of just speaking and saying what they think and instead of the other wrestler in the ring being able to uh uh like feed off of that and like Mm -hmm. fix the situation they have to sit there and just go like remember your line remember you right it's just it's it's ridiculous because like not only is there obviously like that formulaic element of it too but then you have to get into logistic aspect of the fact that somebody else has written these lines for you and they're never going to know you nearly as well as you or at least they're never going to like that aspect and also they're never going to know your character as well as you yeah but you know also in wrestling those things are so deeply intertwined right like oh yeah whoever you are in your character because it's like it yeah it's like it's a whole nother level of like trying to act instead of just like when you go on to i like a tv show or a movie set or something like that you're trying to be like one character for a very short amount of time at least until that show is done or something but then with a wrestling character you're trying to be that person spontaneously in an unfathomable number of different sort of scenarios. And mm-hmm. you're having to do it, you know, live, one take. And it's it's just completely different. Like, you have to become that character on a whole different level, I think. And mm-hmm. when you're having to get that level of it, it's like, I don't... Like, the more and more I think about it, now that, like... AEW and it seems like New Japan like the way that people are constructing promos and the way the characters are handled it seems completely insane to me that WWE ever was this scripted not not just the fact that they've been descriptive the for this long that now it's become such a problematic thing that like it's destroying their company but like that the fact that they would even do this in the first place is so insane to me yeah well it's all it's all about Vince not wanting to get hurt again yeah, well, it's it's all about control, right? Like Vince has to completely control the product, and like I guess I can understand when you have so many different sponsors on the line and things like that. I guess maybe that's maybe that's the dark side of wrestling getting too big. Is stuff like that? Yeah. But then again, you know what? That's only a fucking problem of the fact that they stuck to a PG rating. Like, if they were more willing to be like PG thirteen or even the I don't know, maybe even something harder than that, like. 
they'd be able to get away with way more fucking shit if they embraced the fact that they're wrestling. But you know, Vince. Nah, I. Go. That the PG rating is such a backburner issue to me. I I think it's the scripted promo moves even more is the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. That's definitely the far bigger issue between the two. Yeah, I think like yes, you can. I think I think if they just kept PG and were just like, hey, here's the bullet points of the promo. Like, don't go mm-hmm. beyond. Like, still have rules, right? Of like, don't curse, don't do like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff to keep it PG. But I think you could still tell great stories that way. That's yeah, that's very true, very true. Because yeah, I think I think fans use that as a crutch of like, that's why WWE sucks. It's because of the PG rating. Mm-hmm. When it's like, no, it, it's it's the scripting. Especially I think because you hear that from. Uh, Dean Ambrose's stories, mm. right? Of like, hey, I have this great story. It's still PG. It's a great story, but mm. Vince doesn't like it, so we can't do it. Like, yeah, I just, yeah, I agree. I, I would only like to add that I think probably the two problems probably compound each other, and like you have this really heavy scripting, yes. but then you also have this PG product, so you have to censor your script even more. So then you have to be even more vigilant and worried about people sticking verbatim to the script. Yeah, because you're... well, it's it was it's like us talking about having a job before, right? It's mm-hmm. like getting mad at your boss because of a rule that they have to enforce because someone, the CEO of the company, is making them do it. Right. Right, and so it's mm-hmm. like we blame the PG because that's like the thing that we see, and it's easier to blame, mm-hmm. especially because this is the first time we uh, we've heard that behind the scenes type stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, the other thing that's really just insane to me, too, at least as far as this whole process behind the scenes with Vince, is that, like, he's so adamant about when he's hiring these writers and these creative people for this team that he doesn't want to hire wrestling fans. And he doesn't want to hire wrestling writers or anything. Like, he wants to hire, you know, people who've worked on just, like, random other, like, you know, soap operas, or comedies, mm-hmm. dramas, and things like that. And it's like, I don't know if he, it's like, I get that, like, his... His version of wrestling, you know, sports entertainment, is so different from other wrestling. But, like, I feel like it's still a lot... It's still so far different from other TV that I feel like those... I don't know. I guess I'm just completely talking out of my ass. But I feel no, like... No, no, no. I think you have a point. Like... I think... Mm-hmm. But I, I, I still think even if you had the biggest wrestling fan, right? Like, I think you and I could write as well as we could for a Dean Ambrose, a Seth Rollins, a Roman Reigns... Like... Mm all this stuff, it's still going to be better coming out of their own minds than it is ours. Right. Yeah. But I think you're on the right point of, like, yes, someone could be uh, an Emmy Award-winning, Oscar-winning, every accolade you could think of writer, and then they try to come into wrestling um, and just don't do as well. Yeah. Because it's not their, it's not their thing. Although, you know... I would be curious, though, because it's like I would imagine that a lot of their hiring practices for getting people is not that different between NXT and WWE. It's just that then whoever is overseeing all those creative ideas is different. So maybe maybe all these writers that WWE has hired, maybe they're fucking awesome. And it's just Vincent's just cutting their ideas to shreds. And they're having to, well, like, and Dean, like Dean, Dean says, uh, right, reference that. Yeah, they have to cater their ideas to him because they know that's the only thing that will get through. Yeah. Dean referenced that. He was like, some of these writers have great ideas. He was like, it just doesn't get by Vince. So, yeah. I guess, god damn it, like, that is ultimately the tragedy. 
is it's, it's a similar thing. It's like us blaming the PG rating. It's like people that sit there and go, all oh, the writers. Now it's like, no, listen to this podcast. Like, I'm not saying all the writers are perfect, but like Dean said, I'm sure some of them have come up with good ideas. But right, when the bottom line is that whether you come up with a good idea or whether it's a bad idea, that the only thing that matters is whether Vince likes it. Yeah. And that, and that Vince is so narrow-minded to only... I, it seems like he basically just writes the show for himself. That, you know, this is what happens to your product. It just it gets really gross and weird and stale and crappy and, you know, less and less people are watching it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it, like, it is funny that he, he's basically become Ted Turner, you know, in a lot of ways. Like, he's the guy who now has all this money and he's been doing it for a long time and it's his company that's overly structured although it's still a very different story than wcw and that like you know wcw the talent were running the whole thing which i guess at this point is more reminiscent of aew but you know at least that seems to be working out for them for now yeah and like each thing is gonna have its pros and cons right like yeah. letting the talent run it you're gonna have the problem of like Pac. yeah at mm-hmm. uh double or nothing so which, I mean, this might be kind of uh, reckless, reckless speculation, but for the future of AEW, do you kind of foresee any potential other problems coming up in the future that could, like, really shake the foundation of that company? Not that I can see right now. Mm-hmm. I can see just small booking problems with... Um, I, I find it a little weird that uh, as big of a company as they're trying to be, they still they let their talent do stuff like new japan and things like that which is great for the talent don't get me wrong mm-hmm. like extra paydays and stuff like that but like i wonder if that has to take into consideration their booking right like mm-hmm. if new japan's like hey can chris jericho not lose because he's about to come to dominion and fight for the title like but that's stuff we don't know so that's just my speculation so right actually that's actually a really good very specific point that actually i, I completely agree on because mm-hmm. i while I don't think that it was a completely bad idea for Jericho to win the main event, um, yeah. especially because like they did set up a thing for uh, Omega there with Moxley, but yes. it really felt like I really kind of felt like Omega should have won that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, especially because then the match that we're setting up next after that, uh, you know, Page versus Jericho now for the AEW title then I feel like there's really only one right answer. Like, Paige kind of has to win. Like, if Jericho is the first all-elite champion, I think that is the wrong answer. Um, yeah, right, because they're, they're, they're supposed to be the company of the young guys and stuff like that, so it's like, oh, your first champion is the named guy that... and, and things like that. Right. And I, But I could all... So that's why I could see them going that way, right? Is, um... Yeah, everyone thought we were going to go with Paige, so now we're going to, like, I guess. I feel like that'd be such a... Because, like... It would have been a lot, in my opinion, I feel like it would have been a lot stronger build and a lot better match to set up of Omega versus Page because, really, you could kind of see that going either way. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I think that most people would think, like, oh, okay, Omega will probably win. But, you know, I don't think it would be impossible for them to try and pull, like, a really great upset win to have, like, Page beaten Omega to become the first champion or something like that. But, like, with Page and Jericho, then I feel like, yeah, it's like, well, he has to win, right? Because that would just be such a boneheaded, weird decision to have Jericho be their first champion. 
Uh, I do, I, I do think though it could still help Paige to beat Jericho, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I like, I'm not saying it's not going to mean anything, but it's just one yeah. of those cases that I feel like when you're like, if I was trying to book, if I'm the one in charge of booking all out, I would have much rather had on that card at the top Omega versus Paige than Jericho versus mm-hmm. Paige. Uh-huh. Like I would have fought for that really hard, and it seems to me at least one of the reasons that they couldn't do that was probably because of Jericho and Okada, right? Because that's probably been in the books for a while, probably much longer than even, I would assume, that Moxley was even involved at all mm-hmm. with AEW. So then because of that, I feel like AEW might have had to been pressured to make sure that Jericho gets the win before he has his match with Okada because I'm sure New Japan wouldn't have been, Like, I don't know. Who knows what their fucking situation is, but I'm sure they probably would have been super thrilled if Jericho had lost that kind of match right before that. Like, not that it would have been a deal-breaker or something. I don't know, but... But like what yeah. you're saying, just the... Whatever the relationship is between the companies, it may have to influence their booking, right? Yeah, it may. Like, we could be all... We could also be completely off, but... Because then also... That, that's... Yeah, like, to, to further extend that point, now especially that John Moxley is the U.S. IWGP champion... I feel like it's very unlikely that he loses. Not that I think he was going to lose anyway in AEW, but I feel like now it's almost a lock that if he fights Omega, he's beating him. Uh, That one might depend, though, right? Uh, Because he is dressing differently for New Japan than he did for AEW. So I wonder if he does try Mm -hmm. to do the two different characters type thing. Mm. True, yeah. Whereas Pac is like, I'm Pac everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, yeah, like, whether, if there are some, like, differences that emerge and what they'll be. Because, obviously, like, other than ring gear, we'll see what else. Because, like, to me, also in his post-match interview, it seemed like Ambrose is less of a heel in New Japan than he is in AEW, but I guess time will tell. Yeah. That's right. I mean, we've only had one show under the AEW banner, so. Yeah. But then again, it's like, I feel like I also have to recontextualize. It's like, the kind of things that he did would still maybe be like the same level of heel in New Japan that he would have in AEW because it's just, you know, different country, different promotion, different standards. Yeah. So like him throwing Juice Robinson through a table, it was like, mm, okay, well that's pretty heel. But like in America, it's like that's Tuesday. <laughs> like, <laughs> people get thrown through tables all the time. Some of our greatest baby faces, their whole thing is they throw people through tables. <laughs> Seamus when he won the title. Of course, of course, the <laughs> of course, the greatest babyface of all, Seamus. <laughs> when he, oh, I can't even do it. Oh man. Oh, also, you know, we got to talk a little bit about the twenty four seven title. What is? Yes. Now that we've had it for around for a couple of weeks, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, pros. <laughs> I think it's our truth is entertaining because I think no matter what our truth does. He's entertaining. Um, yeah. Dean Ambrose gave him a shout out of like uh, during the uh, Wade Keller interview. He was like, "Yeah, he's like, there's some guys that like just want us to collect a paycheck, and he's like, and then there's some guys that are excited for everything they do. He's like, any idea they get thrown out mm-hmm. out at them. He's like, for example, our truth is down for everything. <laughs> so I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think truth has made it pretty entertaining. And then, um, 
I think it's like if you want to draw people to your social media throughout the week and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's another great thing for them. Yeah, definitely, because it's it's one of those things, right? Like they can throw up something whenever, and they have a couple of different times. Like there was the golf course one. Uh, there was I think I just saw recently, it might have been just today or yesterday, where our truth repinned because I guess at some point Jinder Mahal took the title from. Him. I must have missed that one, but then yes, Jinder Mahal rolled him up on a tarmac of, uh. And it, uh, like, outside of an airplane. Oh, okay. So, at yep. an airport. So, it was on the tarmac. And then, and then yeah, our truth then fucking pins him while he's sleeping on the sleeping. airplane. To steal it back. So, it's just like, yeah, it's, you know, it's a, it's a fucking comedy belt at this point. I feel like it definitely has the potential to be more, though. At least, like, it, not that I'm not saying, like, it's going to become the top belt. Although, I don't know, like. Maybe you could try and sell, like, if somebody cut the correct promo and then had, uh, like, a couple of months of defending it, like, continuously, maybe you could sell it as, like, the most intense belt because, like, all the other belts, you at least have some forewarning of when somebody's going to be fighting you and when and things like that. But this title, the 24-7 title, you have to be vigilant all the time. You can never let your guard down. So the person who holds this is really the true champion at all times. Not just during a championship match. Like, I feel like there'd be a way that you could craft that that maybe elevate this title or something. Because, yeah, like, right now where it's just kind of every other day and sometimes in between, like, you know, whoever's at the bottom of the card is just flipping it back and forth. Because who have we had so far as champion? R-Truth, obviously, the most times. Uh, Elias. Elias. Uh, Jinder Mahal. Um... Titus? Titus, yeah, I think Titus got it at first. Um, maybe there, There's probably like somebody else in there I'm forgetting at this point. But yeah, it's just kind of like going amongst the bottom feeders. But like, I feel like you could put this on somebody who has either like a faction around them or maybe some big bodyguards. Like, fuck, what is Big Show doing? Let Big Show come out of retirement and just walk around with this thing or Mark Henry or something. It's like, what the fuck are you going to do to pin those guys? Yeah, you could even do something like that, or like you, like I said, put it onto somebody in a faction. Like, what if all of a sudden Michael Cole has this thing, or not Michael Cole, Adam Cole, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Although, of course, Adam Cole just won the big one in NXT, so he doesn't need this piece of shit. But imagine Baby. if he hadn't. He could be walking around with the undisputed era like a little gang, and they're just constantly watching out for people who want to try and steal this title from him. I think it would definitely take a lot of rehabbing that way, mm-hmm. because, like, right now you have like. You had Roman Reigns, like, spear, I think, uh, Elias, or Superman punch him or something, mm-hmm. and then let our truth yeah. get the thing oh to get his touch. And <laughs> it's like, oh, that? so it's totally below Roman Reigns to win this title. Right, like, that would actually have been kind of interesting if Roman Reigns had, like, fucking turned on him and taken the title for himself, right? Yeah. But it, it wouldn't even have to been a turn, right? It's just like, hey... I I got him down. I should get the title, right? Like, right, like, shouldn't he want it? Should that like that would be a total babyface move? Like, I speared him, so I should get the title. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, nope, they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's, it's just a lot of those storytelling of us. They just they don't care. I like yeah. like it is weird though. I'm trying to think back on it now. It's like, what was even the the purpose of them introducing this title? Because, like, at first, they, you know, they introduced... And it was, was too, also kind of, like... They were introducing that idea of, like, the grittier third hour of Raw. And then they dropped that. 
I think it was just to get those guys on TV. Like, when when's the last time we've seen our truth this much or gender or um uh we were just talking about the or, uh, authors like, of pain manager. Yeah. Oh, Drake Maverick or uh, Maverick, or yeah. Heavy machi- or heavy machinery. They've been kind of involved with this stuff. Yeah, their background, but guys. especially like Drake Maverick, right? Doing like the wanted posters yep. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So. You know what? This would be great. Like, why not put it on a fucking 205 Live guy? Especially because, like, if so much of the concept of this belt is just escaping people fucking chasing you down, why not put it on a zippy little guy that can run away from everybody? Mm-hmm. Or why not put it on the Lucha House Party? They can, like, you know, be looking out for each other. You know, because it's like a three-man squad. Like, you've got one belt, one guy with the belt and two guys who are playing lookout, and it's like, oh, shit, people are coming. I'll distract them. Run. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Lars Sullivan's come. He's decided to take the 24-7 title. Run. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's fascinating to see, at least in my opinion, what, I'm, what I think we're watching WWE do is, like, death by a thousand tiny cuts. <laughs> They're just very slowly, over time, bleeding out. Just, and I don't, like... I don't think they're ever going to actually go the same route as WCW. I don't think they're going to go under or get bought out because no. like, I think that he... But I think it's just one of those things where they're they're going to kind of like healthily get brought down a little bit. Down enough that then like there's room for other companies to take some of that wrestling pie, as it were. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I think they're just going to have more of an opportunity, you're right. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, like, it, there's never been a better time to be a wrestling fan right now. Like, between, like, if WWE is your thing, there is a shitload of WWE to watch. Like, there's all that for you. And if WWE isn't doing it for you anymore, AEW's starting to crop up now. New Japan is expanding. Ring of Honor is expanding. Other thing, places like Major League Wrestling are getting bigger. Impact is getting better. Like, the world of wrestling is just improving. It's exciting. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of the excitement, should we start to get into some predictions, or was there anything else you wanted to talk about? No, nothing I can think of. Alright, so do you want to go Saudi Arabia Super Show or New Japan Dominion first? Uh, let's do New Japan Dominion first. Okay. So, uh, let me go ahead and read you the full card real quick, so then you can have an educated decision on which uh, match you want to pick first. <laughs> or do you have the card oh. ready? I have the card up now. Oh, yeah. Okay, perfect. Then all you motherfuckers at home will just have to pay attention or read along a card on your own. Uh, okay, so my first pick is going to be John Moxley versus Shoto Umuno. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to go sh- uh, John Moxley. Yeah. Wait, you don't think that the young lion could maybe beat the new de- the new champion? Uh, I mean, there's always a shot, right? Never say never in wrestling, but I, I think this one I'm pretty confident in. If John Moxley gets legitimately injured, I think that's <laughs> the only way. But even then, I'm sure they wouldn't count it as like a win for Umino or something. <laughs> so. I, I think, uh, I think Shoto would have to like, basically like, uh, Owen Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin do it, like where, <laughs> like Stone Cold could barely pin him. Yeah, yeah, one of those. 
Yeah, the, the young yeah. lady would just lie on the ground and just yeah. let John Moxley's corpse like, just pull be... John Moxley's arm over him and pin yeah, himself. It'd be like the wrestling version of committing seppuku. You just yeah. lay on the ground, just kill me, please. Pin me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, there, absolutely. There's 0% chance that Moxley loses this match. Mm-hmm. That That would be the most absurd thing I've ever seen in New Japan. Um... Okay, so. What? Oh, you know what? All right. Another pretty surefire one, I think. Uh, mm. So, after finally having his undefeated streak be broken, Shingo Takagi is going to need a win. Uh, he's got a singles match here against Satoshi Kojima. Uh, pretty solid legend, so then the win will mean something, but I think there is no way that Kojima goes over Shingo here. Because I think Shingo's going to be mad coming into this match after his loss to Osprey. And you're right, you have to like build him back up after his loss. Mm-hmm. So, And yeah, and Satoshi can easily take the pin and nothing hurts him. Yeah, yeah, he's like his legend is so set in stone that I don't think there's anything they could do to fuck him over. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to pick the heavyweight championship match, and I'm going to say Okada goes over Jericho. Okay, yep. Because I just don't think there's n- any way Jericho becomes the IWGP heavyweight champion. Yeah, I really, I don't think that the chances are very good for Okada to be, or not, uh, yeah, for Jericho to beat Okada. Um, I'm just trying to think, like... The only thing I could see is, like, maybe it ends with um, Jericho winning by DQ or something like that to lead to a rematch, but even that, I just don't see. Yeah, yeah, because the other thing, too, is, like, right with um, Okada having just recently won this... At least, like, you know, it wasn't super, super recent. Obviously, it was Mac- Madison Square Garden, so it was, like, two months ago. But mm-hmm. uh, him having won it off of Jay White, who lost that at his first defense, who took it from Tanahashi, who lost it at his first defense, I feel like there's almost no way they do three first defense losses in a row and having Jericho beating Okada here. Although, I guess it wouldn't be the first defense because Okada did already defend it against Sonata, so technically this is his second defense. Yeah, um, even then, I still see it staying right, yeah. on him for a even while. Even then, because especially, like, what what would be the plan with Jericho, right? Like, yeah. are they going to do what they did last time with him in the IC title, him be, like, a mostly absentee champion? Like, um, only comes in for the pay-per-views, like, right. with the heavyweight championship? Like, right. No. And actually, and that fucking extra further complicates what we were even talking about with, like, AEW's booking, right? Because then, if he's the IWGP champion, then either he has to become double champion in AEW, or... Then the IWGP champion has to lose to Adam Page, which I'm sure New Japan would not be cool with. Yeah. So, yeah, I there's a there's no way that Jericho is winning this one. Um, but it'll be a fun, interesting match to see, like the wily veteran going up against Okada. That'll be a nice, nice change of pace, I think. And it, mm-hmm. it'll be a nice uh, switch up too, because I think this will make this match like super different than like Naito and Ibushi, which is going to be crazy fast pace. And the junior title match is going to be really, really fast, too. So, this will slow things down a little bit. Yeah. It'd be nice. Uh, okay, but speaking of, I'm actually going to pick the junior heavyweight title match next. And I'm going to say that Osprey wins the title back. Ooh. 
coming off of his Super Juniors win, he's going to yep. take the Junior Heavyweight Championship back. Exactly, because that, that win over Shingo, I think, was too big, and it means too much for him to not win the title. Just lose right away. Right. And I think it, yeah, it kind of like it. opens up the uh, Junior Heavyweight division a little bit, because the way that um, some of it was booked, like the guys that beat Osprey in the tournament, it was uh, like Eagles and... Phantasmo, so then you've got some mm-hmm. great challengers set up for Osprey coming out the other side. Whereas like yeah. with Dragon Lee, the only guy who we all definitely really want to see him fight, I think, or at least at the top of the list, is Hiromu Takahashi. But with him, still kind of like, I think he's still probably a few months out from returning. Mm-hmm. So, I say put it on Osprey. Uh, yep. And my next pick will be for the tag team match of Jushin Thunder Liger and Yoshihashi versus Suzuki Gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jushin Thunder Liger and Yoshihashi. Ooh, okay. Because Jushin Thunder Liger. That's it. <laughs> because Jushin Thunder Liger. I mean, he is he's in the middle of that retirement tour kind of right now. So yeah. So it's like it's that fifty fifty shot, right? Of mm-hmm. is he gonna win or is he gonna put everyone else over? <laughs> right. Well, the the other thing that's kind of working in your favor, I think, a little bit in this match is that uh, it seems like they're trying to build a little bit of heat between Yoshihashi and Zack Saber Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly when they're potentially planning on doing a match, but uh, at least even being on the winning side of a tag match against Zack Saber Jr. I think would help with trying to build some of that heat. So I think that that might help your case. Uh, however, Yay. of course, I'm going to take Suzuki Goon because I can never tr- uh, betray my bay. I love Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> and um, j- honestly, Suzuki and ZSJ is a scary combination. Um, so I feel like Liger and Yoshi are really going to have to fucking step up their game to have a chance against these guys. Um, I could definitely see Suzuki. Honestly, I, c- I could definitely, yes, I could see Suzuki kind of getting the win over Liger here because he's, he's just been torturing this motherfucker for a while. Or you know what? Actually, this will probably end up in disqualification. That's probably how this is going to end. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, next match. Let's see. Whew. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with the um, the babyface team in the six tag six man tag match. So this is uh, Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, and Ryusuke Taguchi over Jay White, Chase Owens, and Taiji Ishimori. And I feel like basically the idea being that both Juice and Tanahashi, but especially Juice, after that loss to Moxley, they're, they're going to need some momentum back. And Chase Owens is kind of just like a guy that eats pins. So <laughs> I, I see his name in a match like this. And I'm like, hmm, one of these names is not like the other. And if they wanted Owens, uh, Bullet Club to win this match, then I feel like instead of Chase Owens being there, it would have been Bad Luck Fale. Yeah. Especially because he's not anywhere else on the card or anything like that. So, yeah. Uh, I would argue that Bullet Club needs some rehabbing, especially Jay White mm-hmm. losing the title. So oh, they might get the win here. I would have agreed with you more, except that Jay White had just gotten this singles win over Tanahashi here at the same night at the uh, best of the Super Juniors finals so I feel like that would mean uh, a lot more than this tag match but 
But, I mean, if you beat him again, that just makes you even more dominant, right? Yeah. And the other thing, too, to consider is that Taguchi does have one of these six-man tag belts. So maybe if they pin him, that would give them more of a case for Bullet Club challenging for the six-man titles. So, there's that. Alright, what are you picking next? Okay. The tag title match, the open weight title match, or the intercontinental? I'm going to go with the tag team champion match. Mm. And I'm going to go with Grills of Destiny retaining. Okay. Any uh, particular reason why? Because fuck it, that's why. Because <laughs> fuck it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's not the most absurd reason, just you know they're the champions so they might as well hold on to it because there hasn't really been a lot of build for this one because things have just been so focused on the juniors lately yeah Uh, that i'm actually kind of surprised that there is a tag team match like a tag title match on here instead of just i don't like a tag team match to maybe try and find a new contender Mm -hmm. um but like yeah lij is definitely kind of I feel like the the bigger reason that they might have a chance is just because if G.O.D. has both of the titles right now, then they might want to try and take one of them off of them just to try and, like, like if they because if they aren't going to do something special with them being double champions, then I feel like maybe they shouldn't be. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to grasp with draws here. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's probably, I don't know, because, like, there's been nothing for this fucking feud that I could even think of, so I... It's just a fucking flip of the coin. I feel like, um... Alright, so... In, so I have a chance, is yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, so... Alright, intercontinental or open weight? I feel more confident in the intercontinental title match. And I feel confident that Naito is going to regain it. I was going to guess the same thing. Because two different things. I feel like they... Well, actually, a couple different things. One, I think they in general just want to continue this feud because it's just a good feud. These guys put on great matches together, and they've got really good chemistry between the two of them. So I think that uh, you would have to have Naito win to continue the feud. Um, But then two, I think it frees up them for two other things. One they can continue telling some of that story that they've been telling with Naito of him wanting to become double champion. So him regaining the Intercontinental Championship and then going into the G1, there's that. And then the other thing is I think that it would more so free up Ibushi to be the one who wins the G1. Because I I still feel like there's a very good chance that he could win the G1. I feel like it could be his time. But that might also just be wishful thinking. (laughs) I don't know. What are your what are your thoughts on this match and this rivalry? I think it's pretty much a coin flip at this point, uh, because it's just gone back and forth. But I'm leaning towards Naito regaining just to continue it as well, just because I see no end in sight. So, mm-hmm. yep. All right. So then it comes down to the open weight title match. Who are you going to take, Tai Chi or Ishii? Uh. We're going to go with Ishii. Okay. 
Just because that's what I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, I, I want Ishii to win because I fucking love Ishii. Um, yeah, it's it's because I can also kind of just see him winning because he's just so convincing as like the open weight champion that I, in my brain, I feel like nobody should be able to beat him for that title. Other than right, other than maybe Goto, so fucking... like I feel like. Ishii and Goto should just be fighting eternally for the open weight title. <laughs> just headbutting each other to death. Exactly. And then, yeah, um, oh my god, why am I... Uh, Katsuyori Shibata can come in every once in a while and headbutt them too. Yeah. And then immediately retire. <laughs> headbutting himself too damn hard. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess on the other side of it, I could see Tai Chi winning from, like, obviously through some uh, shitty means. Like, I, there's no way that he just legitimately beats Ishii. There's just no way. Um, but yeah, I think they put the title back on him again because they might want to do a longer reign this time. Because he, he did have the open weight title before, but it was pretty short the first time he had it. So maybe the second time around they're going to extend it around a little bit. Because also I'm trying to think, I feel like they haven't fully paid off him taking the Iron Claw from um, Iska yet. And he keeps wearing it around his neck like he's got it in the cast. So maybe he would use a weapon like that to get the edge over Ishii and like stab him with the metal claw. I could see that. Yeah. So I guess for points, that's what I'm hoping happens. But for personal reasons, I hope that's not what happens. Because god damn it, who doesn't love Ishii? What a rock solid son of a bitch. All right, that's going to do it for Dominion. So, All right, I say we just run through these WWE picks. Yes, yeah, so let's, let's take a quick flight over to Saudi Arabia and do these yeah. do these picks. No women, so... Yeah, no women. Although there's right. been like rumors about Alexa Bliss and Natalia flying over, I guess. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. They may have flown over, but... We'll see. Yeah. All right. All right, uh, I think it's your pick, all right? Uh, yeah, okay, so, yeah. I'm gonna go, oh, pfft. it's like, there's so many of them that are, like, obvious picks, that it's like, yeah. which one am I gonna pick? Alright, uh, I'm gonna go with, obviously, Reigns wins, LOL. Uh, Reigns is- I think there might be a chance that Shane wins. No. Because, it was in Saudi Arabia before that he won the best in the world. But he was a baby face. So I... Yes, but- Technically, like, somehow- <laughs> But it turned him into the heel, so I think they might continue just, like, over in Saudi Arabia, Shane wins. I don't know. I, I feel like the definitive booking pattern is just going to be giant men win. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can easily... Because this whole build-up, uh, like, Shane has had the upper hand, mm-hmm. so I think this is just going to be Roman Reigns gets his hits in on Shane. Right, exactly. Yeah. But I, I still think there might be a small possibility that Shane wins. And I do think, actually, I heard this, I think it was on Talk, but I definitely think it's true. I think they're going to, for the finish, they're trying to recreate that spot they did at Survivor Series where Rain speared Shane McMahon during the coast-to-coast, like, out of the air. Oh, uh, okay. Like, I think they're going to try and hit that for the finish. Yeah. Um, My 100% pick mm-hmm. is Finn Balor over Andrade. Yep, okay, yep, Demon. Because he's going as Demon, yeah. Wouldn't that be insane if they just fucking, like, this is how we're going to have the demon lose for the first time. Just Andrade in Saudi Arabia. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I'll just be like, yep, that's another WWE booking. 
decision. Okay. <laughs> you know, actually, like, I'm kind of surprised that he's allowed to do the demon gimmick. If, like, because, uh, isn't, like, Alistair Black being Alistair banned for Black his tattoos? Is... Yeah, but he has religious tattoos, I think, apparently. Yeah, but aren't, like, all of his religious tattoos basically, like, well, I know some of them, but, like, I would assume that maybe one of the ones that he's being banned for are ones that are more, like, the pagan demon sort of symbology yes. ones. So then, like, yes, because it's not agreeing with the Saudi religion. Right, which is Islam. And I feel like Islam, or Muslims, I don't know, in this case, like, if they're not cool with that, I don't know why they'd be cool with a guy dressing him, who paints himself as literally a fucking demon. But, I don't know. Whatever. I mean... I mean, Goldust was over there before, right? I, I want to say you're right. I think so. So I think they're just like, oh, hey, these guys are painted, whereas that's, like, tattoos. Mm. I, I yes. The permanent paint. Very yeah. bad. You know, you can't get fucking buried in a Jewish cemetery if you have tattoos. Really? Yeah. Well, if they're real strict about it. They're crazy. Anyway. Well, religious people are crazy. Anyway. Uh, next. Oh. There's an obvious one. Lars Sullivan is definitely beating the Lucha House Party. <laughs> That's... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think they get, like, their hits in, and then he just destroys them. Yeah, like, he's, he's, exactly. They're all just there to be, like, more guys to hit him, and then he just doesn't sell. Right? Because yeah. they're just going to hit him, and he'll be like, brah! And then do pull up Ryback and stack the ball on top of each other. Psst. Oh my god, Ryback. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I think, Kofi Kingston over Dolph Ziggler. Hmm, Yeah. I believe you are right. Although, uh, I guess we can get into this with, um, because I wanted to have just maybe like one separate other prediction that's just Brock Cash in yes, no, and on who. Um, uh. But do you think there is any shenanigans in that match? I think it's going to be a tease again. Okay. So I think he teases the catch in, but doesn't do mm -hmm. it. Okay, let's see. Next one, next one. Uh, yeah, all right. I feel pretty damn confident the Usos will beat the Revival because uh, the Revival are basically just getting buried. It seems I was like until say, they leave. Fuck, uh, because fuck the Revival. Yeah, and also just yeah, fuck the Revival. And uh, it's also a pre-show, so they'll probably just have baby faces win. You know, get the crowd mm -hmm. hot. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I think Braun Strowman over Bobby Lashley. Yep, yep, I agree. Braun over Lashley. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, because it's like, you know, yet another big man to win. Uh, and then also, yeah. too, just because, like, last time Braun had won the uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble, I believe. Yeah, uh, so yeah, that was the first show, right? Yes. Because last show was Crown Jewel. Yeah, I'm trying. But did he, what did he do with Crown Jewel? Did he fight Brock at Crown Jewel? What was it? What the hell did? What did Braun do a crown jewel? Crown jewel. Hmm. crown jewel. They should make him defend the big stupid green belt that he won at the greatest Royal Bumble. <laughs> Braun Strowman. That was the most random thing to just give out. Yes, Brock Lesnar defeated Braun Strowman at Crown Jewel. Okay. Oh yeah, was that the? Because the... it was the vacant championship. Yes, okay. 
And was that the time where he just, he just, the whole match was just he like F5'd him like 10 times? Yep. Yeah, man, that shit sucks. Yeah, Braun's got to get an actual win in this fucking country. Instead of just a, you know, fluke, weird rumble win and then getting, you know, butt slammed by Brock Lesnar. Like, alright. Braun can actually win a match. I've come to the conclusion that the Saudis really like Undertaker because I just realized on both the Crown Jewel poster and on the Super Showdown poster, mm. the common element is the Undertaker. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, based on what they've talked about and seemed like, I think that basically the Saudi guys, they're just like watching old WWE on the network from like the yeah. 90s and stuff like that. So they're really into like Undertaker, right? And DX. And, mm. you know, they were into people like Ultimate Warrior and. Yokozuna, but they're dead. So, <laughs> yeah, they've got very interesting tastes. And also, uh, you know what? I think that's even further motivated by the fact that I think they've probably finally caught up into like um, the ruthless aggression era now because all of a sudden they've booked Triple H and Randy Orton on here. So that isn't <laughs> like, oh, okay, so they're watching Evolution stuff now. Is that where the finally the Saudis have caught up to? <laughs> oh my God! Do you think they wanted Randy Orton because they're like? He uh, RKO'd Stephanie McMahon and then kissed her while Triple H was watching. Like, that was so great. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, they were like, oh my god, we gotta get him on there. This young Randy Orton. Uh, whose pick is it? Uh, mine, because you just picked Braun. Right? Yes, because I, I picked Braun. Uh, okay. Hmm. Hmm. Do I pick Orton and Triple H? Is that the... I was gonna say. <laughs> I don't know, that's, that's actually one of the ones that's kind of hard to pick because it's like... I don't know what the fuck. I could see it going either way. Right, like it's, it's that's a hard one. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go the Universal Title match. Um, I'm gonna go Rollins. Cause like even if I even think... if there is a cash in at some point, I feel like there's no way that Corbin actually beats Rollins. I think there might be like Corbin wins and then Brock cashes, <laughs> and then like so then. Hmm. Although I guess in my head I just like I was just gonna say like oh well what's the point of that but then I thought of a point would be i guess that they would want to try and preserve the idea that brock hasn't beat seth even though like brock has beaten seth many times in the past before yes he's uh he just hasn't beaten him recently after seth had beaten him um because mm-hmm. yeah like it would just be weird of like not only do you sully the championship by putting on a corbin but then also too are you trying to bully the muddy the worries of of like was Brock supposed to be a little bit more of a slight babyface for cashing in on Corbin and taking the title away from him? Because everybody would be happy that that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That would just be... Man, God, Baron Corbin just fucking sucks. Like, he really does. He really sucks. Because he's not a good wrestler. Like, he's okay at best. Like, cause he can get through... Like a ten-minute match or so without having to completely fuck it up. Um, but then, like his character is just like abysmally boring. He doesn't have great promo delivery. Like literally, the only thing that he has going for him is just the fact that he has been such an irritating piece of shit for so long that the audience just has good go-away heat for him. So he actually still gets booed when he comes out, but it's not for the right reasons. No, it's just like, we hate you, go away. Yeah, it's just, you're a fucking waste of my TV time. Go away. Let me have a more compelling villain. Like, Sami Zayn is at least doing fun, interesting heel shit. Uh, okay. Let's see. 
Is it your pick? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, because you just picked... Uh... Yeah, I just picked Rollins. That's it. Ugh, what do we have left? We have the Rumble, we have Orton Triple H, we have Goldberg versus Taker, and then I also wanted to have an extra question of just, does Brock cash in, yes or no, and on who? Okay. Uh, I will go with... Shit. But we can answer the Brock thing last. That could just be like a... Yeah. Um... Fuck it. I see The Undertaker winning. Mm, okay. I'm split on that one just because, like, we don't see Goldberg a lot, so is it worth it for him to come in and lose? But I guess it's a major payday, so whatever. Right, like, it's, it's like so many of these people's, uh entire salaries are just funded by the Saudi government. Because it's like, Taker didn't even appear on WrestleMania this year. Uh, and then, I don't think there's really any plans stated for him to be on any show in the future, right? And same thing with Goldberg. So it's kind of like, it really doesn't even matter who wins. Because at least as it stands, there aren't really plans for either one of these guys to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's a just a weird pick. So, yeah, I guess I'll I'll go with Goldberg obviously cuz I have to, but I could see I could see Goldberg winning just because they've had so many other guys beat Taker at this point that I guess I especially unless it means at WrestleMania cuz even at WrestleMania it doesn't need mean as really as much as it used to, but I think now yeah. beating Taker when it's not at WrestleMania almost barely means anything especially if you're a guy who has any establishment to your name like if some complete fucking no name beat undertaker that would still mean a lot but like for a guy like goldberg it doesn't even mean anything i don't think although actually you know what one other thing just to put in your corner which actually would probably mean that taker will win this is the fact that if they are catering for this for the saudi crowd and if we're keeping, in fact, the idea that they are probably living in a time warp back to when WCW had recently fallen, then this match, the context of it is that it's a WCW versus WWE match, right? So that yeah. Taker must win because Goldberg was a yeah. WCW name. Because WWE is greater than, EC- than WCW in all ways. In all ways for all time. <laughs> Even if it, You know what? I bet you uh, in the middle of this match, DX will come out and help Taker. And then NWO will come out and help uh, <laughs> Goldberg. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, Orton versus Triple H. Um, I'm going to... You know what? I'm going to go with Orton. Uh, just because uh, Triple H won in the uh, tag match with... Uh, Shawn Michaels last time when they were there. Oh, so, yeah. um, I don't know. I guess he'll lose this time because WWE 50-50 booking mandates it. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's all I got for that one because it's like, I just, I don't even know what the fuck to... Because, like, if, if this is supposed to be a recreation of, like, an aggression or attitude of... A, Jesus, I can't even speak. If this is a recreation of a age of aggression feud then who's supposed to be the baby face and who's the heel in this feud but i have no idea like i'm not even sure what the story is they're telling in this match 
other than the fact that like we used to be in evolution. So I guess we're gonna have a match. So, all right. Fifty man rumble. Who are you taking? Who's even in this fucking thing? I mean, I feel like it's just like everybody else and probably some NXT people. Uh, let's go with uh, Drew Galloway. Mm, okay. So McIntyre slash Galloway for you? Yeah, McIntyre. I am so tired. <laughs> He's the chosen one. Um, I'll go with uh, Mustafa Ali because he is uh, Middle Eastern. Actually, you know what? No, no. Um, what the fuck is that guy? Mansoor, I think is his name. He, he was that guy that they fucking signed from Saudi Arabia, I'm pretty sure. Oh, down in uh, the performance center, right? Yes, yes. That guy. He's yeah, that one. Man, the guy. The guy from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> the Saudi one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mansoor is his name. I'll, I feel like I remember seeing that. Uh, I'll have to check it. But yeah, that guy. Because I, I think he did... He at least had a moment on the show last year, right? Because I think... Didn't he do something with Davari? Was that him or was that somebody else? I can't remember. I want to say... I feel like Mansoor did something before. So I don't know. Fuck it. Alright, last one. Brock, is he cashing in, and who is he cashing in on? I say yes, and I say he cashes in on Kofi. Ooh. Because it I will say... be more of a swerve, it will be more of a heartbreak, and it will put Brock Lesnar on SmackDown, which is what they want for the Fox deal. Yeah. Uh, I say no, and I say it's just another tease, because they seem to have no problem continuing to do that. Just have him come out and dance more to the the Brock box, with the the boom box party. Mm-hmm. God, did you actually see that? Yep. Brock Lesnar has no rhythm. Like, I know there's the stereotype of like white guys can't dance, but like, God, Brock Lesnar is the worst. <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether he's actually that bad or if that's part of the gimmick and he's supposed to be bad at dancing. But man, that was pretty bad. But I guess that's going to finish it up for our predictions there. Yep, because I'm about to pass out. So Good. <laughs> pass out and give me back that title, baby. <laughs> Is it like the 24-7 anytime I let my guard Yes, down? exactly. <laughs> you start to fall asleep for one moment, and I'll steal it from you. Um, I'll just say, uh, make sure people don't tune in heavily to the Saudi Arabia show, because fuck that country, so... <laughs> <sighs> yeah, this whole fuck. We don't even have to get into a politics thing. We're tired. Yeah. We'll sign off. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm pretty much. I'm gonna be like tuning in and out of this show mostly just to keep up with our predictions. <laughs> like that's honestly the bigger half of it. Because like if we didn't do predictions, I probably would have skipped this show entirely. Yeah, but predictions are too fun. Mm -hmm. It's too fun to try and read the insane mind of Vince McMahon from afar. It might cause you to go insane. It does. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Why do you think we're crazy? <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that'll do it for us this week. Yep. See you guys next time. All right. Peace out, baby. And hey, whenever you get sad about Saudi Arabia, just remember, Dominion is in a few days, so there will be good wrestling soon for you people.
and then in the fall when AEW is on TNT. Yes. All right. Peace.